0: Well, good morning, everybody. You can have a seat. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Chad White. I have the privilege this morning of bringing the facts, or Friendly Asked Questions series, to a close this morning. The question I'm going to attempt to tackle this morning is, what's next? And as Rob has demonstrated to us before, what is being asked is not always what people want to know. I believe that the question being asked in this instance is, how do I share my faith or witness to others? Believe it or not, I've heard this question recently in a men's group that I'm uh, part of on Saturday mornings, and I've heard it from several others through my Christian walk as well. So if you'd humble yourselves with me right now and pray, we'll delve into how to share our faith. Father God, thank you for your grace and your mercy, which has brought each and every one of us here this morning. I ask that your spirit would guide my words this morning and that your message would be heard and not mine. Would you please touch hearts and bring glory to your name? Amen. So, how do we share our faith? I know my question when I'm asking this is, how do I make a difference or let my light shine in the community around me? We often believe that we're not qualified or that we don't know enough or that we can't even be a convincing witness for Christ. What would happen if I told you that each and every one of you has something to offer. Uh, you bring something to the table. Let me explain the statement a little. I believe that we have all been given gifts and talents from God. And when I say all, I mean all. Everybody brings something to the table. These gifts and talents are unique to each individual, and each fits into God's story like a piece of a puzzle. No piece is more or less important than any other piece. We need all of them to complete the puzzle. Perhaps a different analogy might show this a little better. We've been talking a lot about tools during this series. So if I give you a board, some nails, and just a hammer, you're going to not be able to make a whole lot with it. You might be able to give me a board with some nails sticking out of it, maybe do a little string art. But you're not going to be able to make anything, we'll say, of significance. You need the hammer. You need a couple other things, a saw, perhaps a square or a tape measure, in order to turn that board and nails into, say, a birdhouse. We are all different tools in God's toolbox, and he will use us in different ways if we let him. I think of myself as more of a hammer, but without other people around, I cannot easily accomplish the task that God has given me. The Bible explains it this way in Romans 12, 3-8. I'm going to be reading from the Good News translation. And because of God's gracious gift to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you should. Instead, be modest in your thinking, Judge yourself according to the amount of faith that God has given you. We have many parts in this one body, and all these parts have different functions. In the same way that we are many, we are one body in union with Christ, and we are all joined to each other as different parts of one body. So we are to use our different gifts in accordance with the grace that God has given us, If our gift is to speak God's message, we should do it according to the faith that we have. If it is to serve, we should serve. If it is to teach, we should teach. If it is to encourage others, we should do so. Whoever shares with others should do it generously. Whoever has authority should work hard. Whoever shows kindness to others should do it cheerfully. Each of us is important. And each of us can be a light in the darkness or a witness to others. Witnessing, nevertheless, seems a rather daunting and scary and involved process to an introvert such as myself. And I trust that if we're all honest with ourselves, we've all found this process a little bit frightening. So often we think we need to have a master's degree in theology or travel to a distant land in order to have our faith make a difference. But I'd like to introduce you to what I call backyard Missions. This is a picture of my son witnessing, and it's scary, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Wiley invited several of his friends to a Nerf war at the ministry center, not to browbeat them with Scripture to tell them uh, what he thinks about Calvinism or Arminianism, but to build up relationships. This invitation allowed these guys to come into a church environment and have a really positive experience. While they may not have had a direct witness, you can bet that they'll be more comfortable next time they step into a church or invited to a church event. And they might even get the courage to ask a couple of questions about faith. Dorothy, my daughter, put it eloquently in her creed that she had to write for confirmation. And I'm going to quote this. She's given me permission. Quote, I think that striving to love everyone in the same manner as Christ does will improve the community I live in. To live like Christ to me means trying to help people without expecting something in return, and as I said, loving everyone with the same unconditional love that Christ has shown me. Answering questions about God asked to me by my peers to the best of my ability, and being honest in every circumstance because it is better to tell the truth and be uncomfortable than to lie and not be trusted and disliked." Uh, It may be that I'm just her dad, but I believe that within this short statement, we can find a glimpse of how to share our faith with others. The first thing that Dorothy mentions is to love others as Christ loved us. This sounds easy until you try to put it into practice. I still struggle to drive anywhere without wanting to call somebody a name. (laughs) Walk through the mall without wanting to hit somebody with a stick. Um, And I have other areas, too, where I find it extremely difficult to give grace, Just simply give grace. We're given ample opportunity to give grace or show love in our lives, and so often we just simply choose not to. How much different would our witness be if we simply took the time to show that same love to others that Jesus has shown us. There's a reason that Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does matter, and it affects the way that you witness. Dorothy also has a line about expecting nothing in return. Let me ask a little rhetorical question here. When's the last time you did something for someone expecting absolutely nothing in return? Ouch, right? This one really convicted me. I don't do this very often. I think it's a rare occasion when we truly do something and expect nothing in return for our services or actions. We want, we desire, and we seek the approval of others. But in Matthew 6.1, as part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus warns us to be careful not to practice our righteousness in front of others to be seen by them, stating that if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. We can do good things for all the wrong reasons. I know that I'd rather store up treasures in heaven than here on earth, but sometimes I kind of get that backwards. The other part of this is what are you expecting from God? As we've heard in the previous weeks, so often we try to bargain with God. I'll do this if you do that, or I'll do that once I have this. God has given us everything, and yet we're not satisfied with it. Some of my best moments are when I simply do in order to worship or give the glory to God. And please know that I still wrestle with this. But please also know that I've seen God at work in this. I've seen simple acts of kindness reach very hard hearts because the people doing that act were simply pointing the way to Jesus. Remember those puzzle pieces? Your piece may not be to lead that person to Jesus, but it may be the piece that starts that person on a journey towards him. So if we love those around us and serve humbly, we're more than likely going to build a couple of relationships. And we'll have the privilege of walking on a journey with others. It also stands to reason that along that journey, there are going to be questions. And we need to answer those questions of our peers about God to the best of our ability. To the best of our abilities is a rather profound statement. It gives us permission to say, I don't no. Wonderful words, and they're not wrong. It also means that we don't need to make things up. We don't need to know all the answers. But it also needs, means that we need to be prepared. We need to read our Bibles. We need to talk to others in order to understand what we believe about our faith. It also means that we need to be willing to journey down some hard roads with people and trust that we're going to receive God's wisdom along the way. To the best of our abilities means that we do need to do the right things and do things right. Going back to Romans 12 and reading from verses 9 through 16 reiterates a little of what I just said. Love must be completely sincere. "'Hate what is evil. Hold on to what is good. "'Love one another warmly as Christians, "'and be eager to show respect for one another. "'Work hard and do not be lazy. "'Serve the Lord with a heart full of devotion. "'Let your hope keep you joyful. "'Be patient in your troubles and pray at all times. "'Share your belongings with your fellow Christians "'and open your homes to strangers.' Ask God to bless those who persecute you. Yes, ask Him to bless, not curse. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Have the same concern for everyone. Do not be proud, but accept humble duties. Do not think of yourselves as wise. If I go back to the statement of we're not qualified and we don't know enough, I think we're starting in a really good spot. We don't know it all. If we do, we're not serving a big enough God. We don't have all the answers. But if you take what you have and you sincerely offer it to Jesus and ask him to bless it, it is enough, and he will use it. Out of that humility, God can do marvelous and miraculous things. And he will sustain you. We want to be different from the rest of the world. And again, back in Romans 12, verses 17 through 21, kind of give us a glimpse into what that might look like. If someone has done you wrong, do not repay him with wrong. Try to do what everyone considers to be good. Do everything possible on your part to live at peace with everybody. Never take revenge, my friends, but instead let God's anger do it. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay back, says the Lord. Instead, as the scripture says, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them a drink. For by doing this, you will make them burn with shame. Do not let evil defeat you. Instead, conquer evil with good. Imagine what the world around you might look like if we just lived our lives into these five verses. Picture how your family or neighbors might react if you did not seek revenge, but rather bless them. How would your workplace change if we did everything possible to live at peace with everyone? Can you envision what your friends would say if you started reaching out to those around you? We are all part of God's puzzle, and we can deeply impact those around us if we really believe that God loves us. Please don't think this is a check-the-box-and-you're-done process either. It's not a one-and-done thing. This is a daily, step-by-step, minute-by-minute progression. This is a journey journey. This is a lifelong commitment to doing things differently and becoming new creations in Christ. I'd like to close this uh, with Colossians 4, but in a little different way than just reading it. I've taken a little liberty, and I'd like to use this as our closing prayer. So if, again, you'd humble yourselves with me. Father God please devote us to prayer and let us be watchful and thankful. Lord, we ask that you would open doors for your message and that we would walk through them and proclaim the mystery of Christ. We ask that we may proclaim your message clearly and to the best of our abilities. May we be wise in the way we act towards outsiders and make the most of every opportunity, no matter how big or how small. Lord, may our conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt. May we be so prepared that we may know how to answer everyone. Amen.